All right, this is the AP56. My name, as you may know, is AB Lovelady. And um, today I'm thinking about citrus. Uh, people ask a lot about uh, what does the AP stand for? Um, today it stands for a plum. Um, some days it stands for a poem, but not today. Today it stands for a plum or Persian. Yeah, Persian. I'm feeling real Persian. I got a cat revolt taking place in my house currently. I have uh, three cats that are rebelling. Two of them I just got fixed, and I think uh, the third, which is the oldest, the oldest brother, he's convincing them that, you know, this is what he does. He just comes and he hurts you. But, you know, he's lying to them. He's a man of mystery. I'm going to get him fixed next. So... He, how would he even know? But they're missing, is the point I'm trying to make here. Uh, they are missing. And it might have been because I didn't feed anybody this morning. And I left the window open. So maybe he was like, hey, let me teach you guys how to hunt for food. That happened. But, hey, that's my problem. I want to talk to you about a little bit of art. Right? That's what I like talking about. And um, what's happening in the art today? Well, I did see some films this weekend with uh, Aurora Picture Show, which is an experimental film group out in Houston, Texas. They were at the Manil showing uh, some short films. It was it was actually quite enjoyable. Um, I think I have more information about it. Yeah, here we go. Co-presented with the Manil and Aurora and held in conjunction with the exhibition The Curatorial Imagination of Walter Hobbs on its final weekend. This special screening features rarely seen short films related to the artist. And this was curated by uh, a colleague, Peter Lucas, who works over at the Aurora Picture Show. He's a good guy. There was some strange films. There was one called Ten Second Film by Bruce Connor. One uh, that was my favorite, I think, would be uh, The Wormwood Star by Curtis Harrington. Uh, one I had to leave on because I was a little, I was getting nauseous. It was called uh, Beatles Electronics uh, by Nam June Paik and Jude Yalkut. Not a big fan of that. I don't like um, films or anything that has a certain soundtrack 
which makes me feel nauseous. I can't really explain it, but I know it when I see it. It reminds me of reading uh, that book by Frank Kafka, uh, Metamorphosis. I just felt like I wanted to vomit. So I had to step out. But I saw every other one, and it was great. They did a good job. All these films were from 1940s to the 1970s. So it was about a 30-year period. And, you know, I got to say, it's very inspiring to watch um, experimental film works, especially short pieces, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 10 seconds, 2 minutes, 3 minutes. Makes you want to get out, grab a camera, and do something, you know? And I think uh, for us artists, that is an important thing to stay inspired, right? Uh, someone some sent me a, something talking about Kanye, saying he got a BBL surgery. I don't know if that's true, but I don't tolerate any Kanye slander. And if he did get a BBL, then um, I'm sure he did it for his creativity. Facts. But speaking of facts, let's check out any information going on on uh, some of the... There's a lot of art news sources, right, for anybody who's interested in that type of thing. One is uh, the Bayer Facts, the B-A-E-R-F-A-X-T. Uh, one thing that's cool about them is they have an auction database, which is uh, you're going to pay for. But uh, <laughs> it sh- it'll show you all types of um, uh, information regarding art auctions from as far back as they have it. And that's important because a lot of artists, uh, uh, I'll say names next episode, but a lot of artists, myself included, we think that the price is set, you know, by galleries and curators, not really. Price is set by the secondary market, right? That's by the auction houses. That's by what somebody is willing to pay somebody else who already bought it, you know? So it'd be a vision and a goal of mine is to have an art auction house, even if only just for a year or two, and conduct some really good, you know, put together some excellent lots, which is a lot is uh, just a... It's a, you know, a collection of works that is going to be auctioned off each as individual, right? Speaking of lots, uh, rest in peace to our Houston godfather, arts godfather, Jesse Lott. I think that's important to say because, uh, you know, if you knew him, you know him. If you didn't, you should have. And um, you will, through the art of the many artists that he affected and impacted. Um, maybe I'll go into one of those kind of 
the family tree of Jesse Lott, you know, later some other day. Not today. But I will play something from him from a record. Let me grab it. I went and checked on the cats and they still haven't returned. You know, one of the cats actually uh, never returned. You know, at the peak to everybody's dissatisfaction, and I really couldn't, I mean, no disrespect to anybody, but I, I, could, I, I like cats more than I like people a lot of times, right? And, um, yeah, one time, at the peak, I had 11 cats, you know, and that was a lot of fun. Um Anyways, I'm getting distracted. So, this uh, album, or this record, rather, from uh, our brother and uh, an artist out in Houston named... Robert Hodge. Well... That fella, he put together a record, like an actual, you know, uh, 14 track album, which you can buy as a um, two vinyl, you know, it's like a, it comes in a vinyl uh, form, right? And um, track eight is uh, Jesse Lott playing some music and I'm gonna let that play right now yeah this whole this whole record is um, inspired by uh, an exhibition that took place in Houston Sculpture Month in 2016 called Friendly Fire and you know under the leadership of the legendary Jim Harris, the direction of Josh Poole, Joshua Poole, Alan Schnicker, uh, Alex Two, the old band. <laughs> All right, I'm going to let you hear Brother Jesse playing.
while you're watching your woman, your wife could be at home. She could be doing a day instead of cooking your food. Okay, I think that gives you a bit of a soulful impression of something. I'll maybe describe, you know, his work from the view of uh, the uh, animated prophet, the uh, art player, the uh, avocado pimp, you know. But that'll be another day. I do want to ask this question, though, about... um, that I heard, I, I was thinking this past weekend with Theo Vaughn, it's a podcast, and uh, today I was listening to it while I was working, you know, I have a job, and um, so he, was, he asked this question, he said, do you mean anything to yourself? Do you mean anything to yourself? You know, that's a, um, that's an interesting question, ain't it? You can mean a lot to a lot of people. You might mean nothing to nobody. But do you mean anything to yourself? I don't know how to answer that. All the time, but I can't answer it some of the time. Right now, I mean something to me. I mean, I want to stay alive, right? It is a bit of a struggle to, you know, no self pity here. It is a bit of a, um, it takes effort to get up and not commit a crime and get to the money the right way and 
you know, have a desire to take care of family and all this. But how much of that is for me, you know? Does it mean anything to me? Do I mean anything to me? You know, how valuable do I see my own life? That's a really good question. Is your life measured by how much money you're making? How many folks you're impacting? How many people you gave donuts to that day? How do you measure your own existence? Most days I don't even want to be here. It's hard to it, uh, accept it, but that's the facts. And I think that's a part of poverty and, uh, you know, some might say poverty mindset. No, it's not poverty mindset. It's actual poverty. <laughs> Anyways, just something to, to ponder on. Do you mean anything to yourself? And if not, how can you create meaning for you? Anyway, all right, so let's talk about some news. Art news. Uh because I did say I was going to do uh, the bear facts, but I'm going to skip that because, hey, uh, this is my show. Art News, they have a report declaring that most of the human brain specimens held by the Smithsonian National Museum of Natural History were gathered without consent. Right. Direct quote here from reporter Nicole Dunka and Claire Healy. The vast majority of the remains appear to have been gathered without consent from the individuals or their families by researchers preying on people who were hospitalized, poor, or lacked immediate relatives to identify or bury them. Smithsonian records showed only four brains still in the institution's collection as coming from people who willingly donated their organs. In other cases, collectors, anthropologists, and scientists dug up burial grounds and looted graves. Now, if that's not a really great reason to uh, not be cremated, right? If you're not cremated, does your body just decompose? I heard that it's illegal for you to be for you to not be cremated in this country. Hmm. They've got 57 brains from black people who died in the U.S. Uh, 23 Filipinos. I love Filipinos. 49 poor Germans. How come they they called the Germans poor? Uh -huh. Interesting. The brains are a part of the museum's collection of at least 30,700 human bones and other body parts, one of the largest in the world, but representing an unknown number of people. Now, this is a very um, troubling situation, right? 
uh, say your family, you know, when did these brains get admitted? That's a really good question. When did the brains, uh, 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 when did they, what year were they submitted? You know, here we go. Duncan and Healy found relatives of a woman named Mary Sarah, who had no idea Sarah's brains had been taken by a physician after her death in 1933 and mailed to the museum. While the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act was passed in 1990, the law means the Smithsonian only has to inform Native American, Alaskan American, or Native Hawaiian communities about the remains in its collection. Other people, they just say, fuck y'all, right? Yeah. Museums are going to do all types of crazy stuff out here, you know what I'm saying? And uh, this is... This is just another example of that. You know, I don't know. How do you, you know, the, the, you steal ob objects from around the world, but then you start stealing people, right? And probably comparing the size of the brains, being like, oh, look at this black brain is a little bit smaller than this, than this brain we got from uh, Eastern Europe. You know what that means? Yeah, we're going to reinforce some racist attitudes over here. You know, I don't know. I'm pulling it out of my, my, my hat, you know. But uh, I could never see myself working at a natural history museum. Although I have a lot of respect for my brothers and sisters who do that work. Right. I'm very interested in the dynamics of the art market, right, from the collectors and the gallerists and the art appraisers and the advisors and the 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 the, the restorers, the people who restore artworks, right, the people who frame artworks, uh, uh, uh you know the people who steal art. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not really a museum baby like I used to be, unless it has to do with work. Um, I'm much more interested in the free market. That's just a little something about me. I got nothing else for you today, but I hope that you enjoyed this brief, brief, brief broadcast. And maybe next time we'll give you a new report with some possible follow-up information about if the Smithsonian has to ever declare where the source of their bodies came from. It could be quite interesting. In further news, I am continuing to read The Auctioneer by Simone de Pure, who is uh, one of the, they call the, the preeminent auctioneers uh, for well, let me check because I'm about to say something and I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah, the former chairman of Sotheby's Europe and the former owner and co-founder of Philips de Puree. 
which I don't think exists anymore, but I think that uh, actually broke apart and now it's only Phillips as an auction house, which is interesting enough. I'm, I'm gonna follow up with this uh, auction house idea and uh, we'll see where it takes us. Uh, but for now, that's AP56. Thank you guys for listening.